You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. And it's that glorious day that we look forward to today, that glorious day that we, we focus on this morning as we, as we come to the end of this series. Uh, this is the 10th the week in this Tree of Life series as we've been looking to God's plan for salvation, and today we get to see how we will ultimately fulfill that in that last day. But these last two weeks, we've, we've really focused on that, that moment in time where God changed history for all time, where He sent His Son Jesus to die for us and rise again for the forgiveness of our sins. And, and this week now we look at what happens after the resurrection up until today and into the future as we look forward to that last day. But, but in this, we, we see in this whole series, and especially today, we see that Jesus appeared to proclaim victory. Right after Jesus rose from the dead, it was 40 days that He walked among the earth proclaiming victory over and over and over, and there were at least eight times where he appeared to different individuals or groups of people to proclaim victory in their lives and to proclaim that same victory in our life as well. And we'll see how in those, each of those eight appearances, uh, how he proclaimed that victory or how he proclaimed different victories. And first, we're, we're going to start off where we left off last week, and that's with Mary Magdalene at the tomb. And Mary Magdalene on that Sunday morning at the tomb is coming to, to, to prepare Jesus for his final burial. But when she gets there, she finds that he's not there. And she starts to get a little panicked and even filled with despair as she starts to weep, thinking that someone had, had moved her Savior's body and Then she comes to Jesus, and she doesn't recognize him, but Jesus says to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Well, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Then Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Mary Magdalene went from, from despair to joy as Jesus pronounced victory over that despair in her life. But it wasn't just Mary Magdalene that Jesus met at the tomb. He also met with other women who came to prepare his body uh, for burial. And he met them and said to them, greetings. Hi, I'm alive, right? And they came and and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There they will also know that I am alive. And so proclaiming to the women and to the disciples that Jesus has won victory over death. And then Jesus went out to to begin meeting with those disciples. And and the first uh, instance that we see of that is is Jesus, as he's walking along with two disciples, he kind of appears in the midst of them as as they're walking along the road. 
And they're having a conversation, and Jesus kind of plays dumb a little bit in the conversation, like not knowing what's going on. And one of them named Cleopas answered him and said, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened in these days? And then Jesus said to them, what things? And they said to him, well, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. And they were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And some of those who were with us, they went to the tomb and they found it just as the woman had said, but, but him they did not see. And so Jesus said to them, O oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And so beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning or himself. And then Jesus continued to walk with them until they got to their destination. And he, uh, he, they, they encouraged him to come have a meal with him. And, and as that meal was beginning, he, he broke the bread. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized who it was, and then Jesus disappeared from their sight. And so in the midst of, of all of this confusion in their lives, in the midst of all of this misunderstanding of the Scriptures, Jesus came to proclaim victory over that confusion, to claim vict proclaim victory over our misunderstanding of, of His Word. And so then as, as things continue, Jesus goes to meet with the, the, the larger group of the disciples. And, and so on that, the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where, the, where the, the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Notice why the doors are locked, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad that they, when they saw the Lord. Right? The disciples started out in fear. And so they were in hiding and they locked the doors because they were afraid of the Jews. But Jesus comes to proclaim victory over their fears and our fears. But if you notice, only 10 of the disciples were there. We, uh, Judas was no longer a part of the discipleship. But then there was one disciple that was not a part of this, one other disciple that was not a part of this. Do you remember who that was? Thomas. Yeah, right? Thomas. Well, so then eight days later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said specifically to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hand, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, said, My Lord and my God. So what's the name that we often give to the disciple whose name is Thomas? What, what, what name do we give him? doubting Thomas, right? Because he, he didn't believe until he saw. Well, Jesus comes even to proclaim victory over our doubts and Thomas's doubts, right? And then, so he, he came specifically for Thomas and for us, right? But then there was one other disciple who, who needed that, that reassurance, right? A, a disciple who denied Jesus uh, on the night of his death, deny, or the night of his betrayal, denied him three times. Who was that disciple? Peter, right? 
And so Jesus, a little bit later, comes to Peter and he, all the disciples, and they're out fishing, and he, he brings them back, and he makes dinner or breakfast for them. And, and when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said specifically to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And, and Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Right? And Jesus does this three different times, remi- reminding Peter of the three times that he denied Jesus, but then bringing him back restoring him fully, proclaiming victory over his failures and ours as well. And then there's a time that I mentioned as we were uh, preparing for the baptism, there's a time where Jesus got together with his disciples uh, on the mountain in Galilee. And when he had saw them, or when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some still doubted. But Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And so in doing this, Jesus proclaims, proclaims victory twice. First, over all other authorities. Jesus is proclaiming victory, saying there is no authority, there is no power greater than me. But also... As he promises, as he says, Behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age, Jesus proclaims victory over our loneliness. You are not alone, ever, because Jesus is with you. He has sent his his spirit to be with you. His spirit comes to us through the, the waters of baptism and through the hearing of our word, and he stays with us always. And then there's one other time that Jesus meets with people, that, that he, that he uh, shows himself to those who, uh, after his resurrection, but it's actually not talked about in the gospel. This is one that St. That Paul references for us in 1 Corinthians as he's, as he's telling the church in Corinth, oh, by the way, Jesus appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And so when Paul writes this, obviously those who are still alive are no longer alive, but Paul says that for a reason. Paul is saying, even if you don't believe any of the other eyewitness accounts, if you don't believe uh, in what Matthew has told you, if you don't believe what Mark or Luke or John have told you, if you don't believe what I have told you, Jesus appeared to 500 people at one time, and a lot of them are still living. So if you don't believe us, go ask them. Go, Go check with them, and they will tell you what they have seen, that Jesus is alive, and in doing so, Jesus has proclaimed victory over all things to all people. Right? And that was not just something that he did 2,000 years ago. Right? Jesus still proclaims victory today. Right? So after the, all those 40 days that Jesus went around uh, appearing to different people, then Jesus uh, on that 40th day ascended into heaven and, and sits at the right hand of the throne of God. And, and again, he said he would be with them always, so how could he ascend and be with us? Well, ten days later, he sends his spirit on Pentecost, his helper to, to be with his people always. Right? And that, again, that didn't, those victories didn't stop after 50 days. Right? Jesus is still winning victories today. This weekend, we've had four different baptisms. Uh, Violet was baptized on Saturday, and then Danny and Paxton and Lennox were baptized today as as Jesus proclaimed victory in their lives. 
But again, that's not just a one-time thing. Jesus continues to proclaim victory over and over and over for each and every one of us each and every day. But all of us, though, are still waiting for one final victory, one final time where Jesus will proclaim His ultimate victory. And that's what brings us to our text today in the book of Revelation. But, but as we, before we get to that text, I just want to give some, kind of some side notes on the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is a book of prophecy. It, it, it's one that, that, that ha- uses lots of picture language. It's one that uses lots of different words that, that we might not fully grasp. Right? Think, of, think of that picture language. If I were to ask you to um, explain what the symbol of a rainbow means, we might get multiple different explanations, right? But God, when He uses the rainbow after, after Noah, uh, after He brings Noah safely uh, and, and his family safely to, to dry ground, that symbol of a rainbow is a promise from God that He will never again flood the earth. But different people see that symbol differently, right? And so when we read the book of Revelation, we might see those symbols and read them differently. And so we get lots of different interpretations, and, and sometimes those interpretations lead to fear for God's people. And so I want you to, again, listen to the text. I'm going to read all of our text for today from Revelations 21, and I want, Revelation 21, and I want you to, to hear this text and ask yourself, is this something to fear? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It's it's done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And the one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faceless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And so as you, as you hear those words, is that something to fear? It depends. It depends on, on whether you have faith in Jesus or whether you're one of the faithless. Right? But the whole point of the book of Revelation is that Jesus wins. Right? That's the point. You can read the entire book of Revelation, and next year at some point, uh, early January, February, we are going to, as a congregation, just read through in one sitting the entire book of Revelation. Probably not on a Sunday morning, but we're going to do it. But because Gen- Revelation 1 verse 3 says, blessed are those who read these words aloud, and blessed are those who hear them and do what they say. And so we're going to take God seriously, and we're going to read those words aloud, and we're going to hear them um, and do them, right? But the whole point of the book is that Jesus wins. And when you know the ending, 
the rest of the story, there's no anxiety in it. There's no fear in it. When I think of this, I think of some of my favorite sporting events throughout history. Right? Think back to some event, some, some game that just sticks out to you in your mind. There are three for me that stick out in my mind. The 94 National Championship, Miami, Nebraska. Right? It didn't look very good at the beginning, but it was great at the end. 2016 World Series, Chicago Cubs gave up the lead multiple times and yet still found a way to win the World Series. Last night, Wisconsin, Nebraska, right? Let's go, right? All of those games, as I watched them live, like, my stomach was in knots. I had butterflies. I was anxious the whole time. Now I watch them again, pure joy, right? Because I know the outcome. I know who won. Doesn't matter what the second and third set look like. I know who wins, right? That's the point of this book. As we read through it, some things might sound scary. But who wins? Jesus wins. And God has been preparing for this day since Genesis chapter 3, where he promised that, that, that Satan would be crushed for all eternity. He's been preparing, and he is now preparing for that one final victory, that ultimate victory over sin, death, and the devil for all time. And take a look. Again, hear what that will look like on that last day. Right? I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. The, the, not actually, that word is the, the tabernacle of God is with man. And he will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Does that sound good? Yeah. Right? That sounds incredible. And we know that Jesus wins. So as we started this series 10 weeks ago, we started with the, the very first words of the Bible, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so as we, as we end this series, I want to end with the last words of the Bible from Revelation 22, verses 20 and 21. He who testifies to these things, Jesus says, surely I am coming soon. And then the evangelist has one final prayer where he says, Amen, come Lord Jesus. And then he gives a blessing to, again to all those who read and hear these words. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Amen. And so as we close out this series, as we close out this time of looking at the tree of life, the tree of life that was planted in the garden, the tree of life that Jesus hung on, and the tree of life that will be the new tree of life that will be in that new creation with the waters of the Spirit bringing new and full life. As we close our time together, I, I want to close with that, that final prayer that the evangelist spoke for us. And so let's pray it together. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.